The ushers can receive the tithes and the offerings. All right, good morning. How are you doing? Hey, let's go to the book of uh, Genesis, chapter 38. And uh, while you're turning there, I'll set up the verses that we're going to read. And uh, so Genesis 38. Did you all have good good uh, turkey this last Thursday? Good? That's good. Good, good stuff. Uh, so Genesis 38. Tamar uh, was a lady in the Bible. There were a couple of them, but the one we're going to talk about today... She was married to Judah's oldest son. Now, you know who Judah was. There was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And then he had 12 sons. And one of those sons was Judah. And Tamar was married to Judah's oldest son. And uh, he died. And then she was married to Judah's second son. And he died. And Judah did not want her to marry his third son for obvious reasons. And so he promised her his younger son, but of course he had no intention of allowing him to marry her, again, for the obvious reasons. And, uh, but in the process of time, she posed as a prostitute to Judah, her father-in-law. And he committed fornication with her. And so there's a whole story there. We'll not take the time to read it all, but she became pregnant by Judah, her father-in-law. That's a mess, isn't it? (laughs) And she was pregnant with twins, okay? Okay. Now, having said that, in Genesis 38, verse 27, Now, it came to pass at the time for giving birth that, behold, twins were in her womb. And so it was when she, when she was giving birth that the one put out his hand and the midwife, you know what a midwife is, it's like a nurse there that help, helps the pregnant woman as she's having given birth. So the midwife took a scarlet thread and bound it on his hand. So there's two little boys in there and the one put out his hand and out of the womb and she tied a scarlet thread. The midwife tied a scarlet thread onto his hand saying, this one came out first. Then it happened, notice as he what? He, he drew back his hand Notice he drew back his hand. That his brother came out unexpectedly. And she said, the midwife said, how did you break through? This breach be upon you. Therefore, his name was called Perez. And the name Perez means breakthrough. It means breakthrough. And then verse 30, afterward, his brother came out who had the scarlet thread on his hand, and his name was called Zerah. But Perez 
Now, now Zerah was to come out first. Is that right? He actually had his hand out, coming out of the womb. But what did he do? He what? What did he do? He he what? He he drew back, didn't he? Do you see that he drew back, and his brother came out, named Perez. And what does Perez mean? Breakthrough. All right. Now we're going to get go over this till you get it. All right. Whose hand came out first? Zerah. But what did Zerah do? He drew back or pulled back his hand. Right. And then who came out? And what's his name mean? Okay. Do you get did you get that now? Okay, let's go through it one more time. I want to be sure you got it. Who was Tamar? As the mom. And she was married to how many of... Well, who was her father-in-law? Judah. See, we're going to get... We're going to go... Sometimes I go so fast you can't get all this stuff. Who was, who was Tamar married to? She's married to, to, to two of whose sons? Judah's sons. Right? You got that? And what happened to both of those sons? They died. And then she wanted to marry his third son, but Judah wasn't going to have any part of it, so he promised her his youngest son and no intention. And then she posed as a what? And she And did, did Judah go along with having relations with her? Yeah, and she became pregnant. And was she pregnant with twins? Yeah, and, uh, and that was a mess, wasn't it? So, so we're getting it here now. And so when she was about to give birth, or when she was giving birth, the one little baby put out his hand, and, uh, and, and, and his name was, and he, what happened? He pulled it back or drew back, and his brother comes out, and his name is Perez, and, and his name means what? Breakthrough. So today, I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. I mean, could anybody in here use a breakthrough? I mean, I could use a breakthrough in a couple of areas of my life. Uh, Now, maybe you don't need a breakthrough right now. Maybe you don't. But I tell you what, if you go on down the road long enough, you will. I said you will. Now, there's some people in here, maybe you need a breakthrough in your health. Maybe you need a breakthrough in a relationship with someone. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your job or your finances. You know, maybe you need a breakthrough in whatever area. Has anybody ever needed a breakthrough? Or does anybody need a breakthrough now? I mean, most people... Most people could, could use a breakthrough. And so that's why I use this story. This story is very symbolic because uh, it, it shows us about breakthrough and there's such good symbolism in, in it. And we'll see more of that as we go. But two observations about people that need a breakthrough. Two observations about people that actually that need a breakthrough. So how many observations are we going to make? Two. Two. 
The first is this. People that get a breakthrough in their life, people that get a breakthrough in their life do not draw back. People that need and, and, and get a breakthrough. I mean, we all, most all of us need a breakthrough at some point or another. But people that actually, you know, needing a breakthrough. You know, there's a lot of people that I've seen over the years. They, they live their whole life needing a breakthrough and they never get it. They, they live their whole life needing a breakthrough in some area or areas. And they never, ever, ever get the breakthrough. They never do. And so that's why I'm teaching this today because if you need a breakthrough, I want you to get it. I don't want you to live your whole life and never get get the breakthrough, okay? So two observations. First of all, people that get the breakthrough do not draw back. Do not draw back. What did Zerah do? He drew back, didn't he? And, And he didn't get named breakthrough, okay? Actually, there's several meanings to his name. One is sprout. S-P-R-O-U-T. Now, there's several meanings, but one of them that stood out to me is sprout. I don't know about you, but I'd rather have my name mean breakthrough than sprout. How about you? So you see, it cost him to when he pulled back his hand. Now, there's several meanings to his name, but the, the least astounding meaning is, is, is sprout. And, and so you see, he drew back and he got, his name means sprout. The other guy, he came out, he got named breakthrough. I'd rather have breakthrough than sprout. How about you? So two observations about people that get a breakthrough. The first one is people that get the breakthrough do not draw back. Now, I just think it'd be good to look at some verses here, some people, and, and, and I'm going to show you some things that cause people to draw back, and, and, and it disqualifies them from breakthrough. Go to Mark, the 10th chapter. Some things that cause people to draw back. Some things that cause people to draw back. Mark the 10th chapter, 21st verse. This is, of course, the story of the rich young ruler. I'll not read the whole thing for the sake of time. But he came to Jesus and wanted to know what he must do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus said, you know the commandments. He quoted off some of the commandments to this rich young ruler and so forth. And in verse 21, and the rich young ruler said, well, all these commandments I've kept from my youth and Jesus verse 21 looking at him loved him and said to him one thing you lack go your way sell what you have give to the poor you'll have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me but he was sad at this word and and went away could we say he drew back he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions one thing that'll keep people from getting their breakthrough is is they draw back and one of the things that keeps people or one of the things that causes people to draw back is the things of this world can get a hold of them and that's what happened to this rich young ruler money got a hold of him possessions got a hold of him 
his nice house and you know his probably his servants and all of his nice clothes and his, his the nice things that he had and his money and his finances had got a hold of him you know, I've said this many times, there's nothing wrong with having money, it's wrong when money has you. Now, how can you know when money and possessions have you? How can you know when money and possessions have you? It's very easy, very simple. It's when God tells you to release them and you can't do it. Very easy test. Now, if you'll notice... God, Jesus is God, and he told this young man what he needed to do, sell what you have, give it to the poor, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't follow the commandment of God. And so we can clearly say that the money and the possessions had him. See, it wasn't like Peter was standing there and telling him to sell what he had and give to the poor, or, or, or John, or or Thomas, or one of the other disciples. You know, if I came up to you and said to you, sell what you have, give to the poor, you wouldn't necessarily want to do that. You'd really need to seek God and see if it was the Lord. But when God tells you, when God tells you to release something, and you can't do it, then you don't have that thing, that thing has you. Did you get what I just said? Amen. Did God tell him to sell what he has, everything, and give it away? Did, did he? Yes or no? Yes. Is Jesus God? Yes. yes, so God told him. Is that right? And he couldn't do it. So the possessions, the Bible says he had great possessions, but I think we could also say that the great possessions had him. And because they had such hold of him, Jesus was calling this man to follow him. And what did he do? He drew back because of the possessions had a hold of him. They were holding him back. And guess what? This man never got a breakthrough. As far as we can tell from Scripture, you never hear tell of him again. Just think if he would have done what Jesus told him to do, you never know how we could have heard of him elsewhere in Scripture and he could have been very important on Jesus' staff. You don't know that. I, don't, I mean, you don't know, but we'll never... I mean, obviously it didn't happen because what? He, he, he was held back by, his, by the possessions having hold of him, you see. And this man didn't get a breakthrough. What causes you to not get a breakthrough? Drawing back. Now here's another one in Luke the ninth chapter. What causes us to draw back? Well, when possessions have us. Here's another thing. Luke the ninth chapter, 59th verse. Then Jesus said to another, Luke nine fifty nine. he said to another, follow me. But, this man here that he's talking to, that the Lord's talking to, but this man said, he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said to the Lord, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell here at my house. 
Well, first of all, we can make a statement here. Both of these guys that Jesus was, was calling and the one, the one Jesus said to follow me and the other said, Lord, I'll follow you. They each had the word but. But. I'd do it but. I'd do it but. I'd do it but. People that have a case of the buts are always drawback people. And those people never do. I've been watching this for years and I've seen myself in this one a lot. Have you ever had a case of the butt? Or butts? Have you ever let your butt get in the way? You know, that's not original with me, but I've heard that. And it's, it's, I've let my butt get in the way many, many times. But, I do it but. I do it but. I'd obey God, but. I feel like I heard from God, but. Here's a good one. But what if it doesn't work out? What if, what if, I, what if I, 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 I feel like I heard from God, and I'd like to step out there, but what if I step out and I fail? I like what one preacher said. They said, you won't find out unless you what? Step out, you see. And, and, and I think of all the things that, that I know in my life that, that, that has held me back. Uh, you take golf, for example. When I was a kid, I was a pretty good golfer. I really was when I was a kid. High school, really, really good golfer. But I, was, I, I, I didn't enter golf tournaments hardly at all, really none. I played on the high school golf team, and I did real well. And I, I, actually, when we played a lot of different schools, I would be the medalist. I'd shoot the lowest score on not only my team but the other team. I had Jay Delsing, I don't know, that probably name doesn't mean anything to anybody in here, but he's a, he was a tour professional, a really good golfer. And uh, in fact, he was commentating uh, a couple of years ago at the U.S. Open, one of the commentators, a very good golfer. He was a senior when I was a freshman, and I got to play with him at, at Crystal Lake. I think that's been closed down now, but got to play with him. And... Uh, I remember he came up to me after about six or seven holes and he said, he said, how, how old are you? And I told him, he said, what, what grade, you're a freshman? Yeah, yeah. He said, he said, Terry, he said, he said, you're a freshman? He said, by the time you get to be a senior, you're going to be able to write your ticket and go anywhere to college on a golf scholarship, anywhere in the country, anywhere you want to go. That's pretty good, don't you think? Somebody like that telling you that? None of it ever happened, though. You know why? But what if I play and I embarrass myself and I don't win? See how that holds you back? And I withdrew from that. I have a letter at home. I got a full, uh, I think it's a full scholarship. It's either a partial or a full scholarship to Washington University. Has anybody ever heard of Wash U right here in St. Louis? One of the best colleges in the nation. A golf scholarship. I was going to get to go to Wash U on a golf scholarship and I didn't. No, I went, I went to Merrimack. <laughs> go ahead, kick me, honey. Go ahead, kick me. Go ahead, kick me. I went to, I went to, uh, one guy was kidding with me. He said, uh, he said, I went to, you didn't go to Wash, you went, you went to 13th grade. 
kind of funny. Now, you, you think I'm running down Merrimack. I'm really not. I, I, I went there and I taught there. And I'm very uh, uh, proud of Merrimack. It's a good college and all that. I was a teacher there. And very, very, very good. But let's face it, folks. If you could go to Washington U or Merrimack, come on now. I mean, have you ever heard of Washington U? I mean, in Merrimack. Now, Merrimack's a good school. I'm not running it down, but I'm just saying. But why didn't I take that golf scholarship which I'd have got to go to Wash U for free, but instead I went to Merrimack and my mother had to pay for it. She didn't have to, but she, she uh, well, what she did was my dad died when I was uh, seven and she saved the social security that we got. She saved that for me and she put me through school on that. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Very good, bless, bless me. But wouldn't it have been better to go to Wash U for free? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know why I didn't go? But what if I fail? But, 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 but. You see how the buts, have you ever had any buts in your life? I do this but, I do it but, I do it but. I feel like the Lord told me to do this but, you know. Thank God Diane came along in my life because she got me over the case of the buts. Because she kicked me in the butt. It's all right, it's the truth. It was in my heart to go to Bible school. And if it was, if, if that, guess what? If it wasn't for Diane in my life, I still wouldn't be going to Bible school. I'd still be talking about it. But she, she got all the arrangements together. In fact, we were, we were thinking about getting married and talking about getting married and all of that. And I remember I was going to go down to Raymond, Raymond in Tulsa. I was going to go the first year. And then we were going to get married. She was going to come the second year. And we came home from church one evening and she, she said, uh, I've got news for you. You're not going to go the first year by yourself. We're going to get married and we're going to go, we're going to go together. I mean, remember that? It was something to that. Uh, uh, but, but you see, if it wasn't for her, I'd still be talking about it. And frankly, this church would have never got started if it wasn't for her because I felt the Lord tell me to go down to that Rockwood High School and Rockwood Summit High School and run a room and teach the word. But, it, but if, if, that, if it wasn't for her, I'd still be thinking about doing that. Because what if we do it and it fails? What, you know, what if it, what it, you understand? So thank God. You know, we all need, if you have the case of the butts, maybe you ought to get around somebody that'll kick you in the butt. And get, and if that is offensive to you, I don't mean to be offensive in church, but you understand, you understand what I'm talking about? Maybe I should say in the rear end, how's that? I'm sorry. But, but the butt kind of gets the point across a little better, does it? And it's not a cuss word. It's a good King James. It's in there. Amen. Amen. Don't let me offend you with that. You see, but, I follow you, Lord, but. I do this, but. I do, but, 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 but. See, and these guys never did, we don't ever hear any more about them. And then in verse 62, Jesus adds something in, Luke 9, 62. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back, or we could say drawing back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus says here that these guys were looking back. You know, that's another thing that causes us to, to, to draw back and never get a breakthrough. And I can attest to this, is living in the past. 
How many of you know we should learn from the past? If we don't learn from the past, we're destined to repeat our mistakes of the past. We must learn from the past, but we should not live in the past. Because if you live in the past, and I tell you what, I've watched this and it's happened to me. I've done this. My wife will tell you. One reason that I don't get more breakthrough in my life is because I'm still thinking about what happened 15 years ago and, and, and pining over it. Now, don't misunderstand me. I've forgiven people. I forgive people. But, you know, you can really, from your heart, forgive somebody but still pine over the situation. Do you know what I mean when I say pine over it? You know what I mean by that? And, and, and I, I've checked my heart. Yeah, I've forgiven all anybody that's wronged me or any... You know, I've forgiven... I, you can forgive people but still pine over the situation. And, 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 and all that pining, you, you, it clutters up your heart and you're never, you never do get set up for, for the breakthrough that you need. It, 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 somehow or another, pining over the past and living in the past, it causes you to draw back from the present. You never do, you, you understand what I'm saying? And you never do accomplish out in front of you what God has for you. He said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So, buts, but, 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 that will cause you to draw back and also uh, living in the past. Again, nothing wrong with learning from the past, but living in the past. Now here's another one, John 6. Go there. We're just looking at some things that cause people to draw back and disqualify them for breakthrough. Here's, here's an interesting one. John 6, verse 60. Jesus had just been talking about, um, you know, he'd been talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And uh, the people that were listening to him were listening, they they were hearing spirit, oh, you ought to write this down. They were hearing spiritual truth with their natural ears, natural thinking. Whenever you hear spiritual truths with natural ears or natural thinking, you're always going to become you're, you're never going to understand it. You're always going to become offended and you're going to complain. Did you get what I just said? So Jesus had been talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. He was talking about spiritual truths. But the people were listening to him with natural ears. And when you hear spiritual truth with natural ears, you're not going to understand it. And you're going to get offended and you're going to complain. Okay? Now, Jesus was not literally meaning that you needed to stick an IV in him and drink his blood. Sounds pretty gross, doesn't it? But that's what they thought he meant. You know, cut your arm, Jesus, and we're going to you know, pour your blood out in a glass and we're going to drink it. That's what they thought he meant. Or that they need to come up and take a bite out of his arm. That's what they actually thought. As you study it out, he wasn't talking about that at all. What he was talking about was communing with him, believing on him and following him. And, and in so doing, as you believe on him and follow him and obey him, in so doing, you're, in doing that, you're drinking his blood and eating his flesh. And so it's spiritually, he was giving spiritual truth, but they were listening with natural thinking. 
And it's interesting, now watch this, John 6.60, Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, what did they hear? That He said, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, drink his blood, you have no eternal life in you. So that's what he had just said, but I'm just picking up verse 60 for the sake of time. Many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying, who can understand it? See, when you hear spiritual truths with natural ears, you're not going to understand it. And then verse 61, Jesus knew in himself that his disciples, what? They complained. See, there's the complaining about this. He said to them, does this offend you? And it it did. And skip down to verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back. Could we say drew back? Went back or drew back and walked with him No more. You talk about not getting a breakthrough. This whole crowd was set up for a great breakthrough. But they listened to spiritual truth with natural ears. And they didn't understand it. They complained and they became offended. And when we complain and when we become offended... Has anybody in here besides me ever complained and been offended with something? (laughs) I mean over the many years, you know, just in life. And it'll cause you, it, it will, it'll cause you to draw back. And in this case, these people... Not only did they not get a breakthrough, boy, I hate to say it, but it's the truth. They went to hell, didn't they? Huh? Yes or no? Because it said they walked with him. Think about that. No more. If you're not walking with Jesus, where are you going? I mean, you know, it's, it's hate to say it, but that's pretty. That's that's pretty pretty sobering and serious, isn't it? Not only did they not get a breakthrough, it cost them eternally. I don't want to be offended. I don't want to complain and so forth. You know why? Because when you get in that state, you draw back. It causes you to draw back. And uh, you'll never get the breakthrough. And then Acts, the 15th chapter. We're just looking at some things that cause people to draw back. Acts the fifteenth chapter, thirty seventh verse. You know, you know Barnabas and, and Paul. They went out on their first missionary journey, and they took Mark along with them. And Mark was Barnabas's nephew. And uh, well, here let's just read it here. Now they're getting ready for their second missionary journey. In Acts fifteen thirty seven, Barnabas was determined to take with him John called Mark. His name was John Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia. Would you say John Mark drew back and had not gone with them to the work? Things got hard. Things were not pleasant. Things were not easy on that first missionary journey. And it was hard work. You need to realize ministry is work. And it was work. It was hard. It wasn't easy. 
And John Mark, what did he do? He withdrew and, uh, and it cost him. And now he's not going to get to go along with Paul and Barnabas anymore. And in fact, uh, well, well, we'll just leave it at this. It cost him, didn't he? He said it cost him. And I've watched this over the years. And you see people that they'll hear the word of God, they'll hear the plan of God, and they'll step out there and they'll even step out and they'll start going. But let me tell you this, when you go to serve God, it's not a bed of roses. It's not easy serving God. It's very rewarding, but it's not easy. You know, if it was easy, anybody could do it. But serving God isn't always easy. Most of the time it isn't. There's sometimes it's real easy. Sometimes it's, it is. But a lot of times it isn't. And obeying God isn't always easy. And uh, i watched it so many times over the years. Folk get out there. And they start to step out on what God's told them to do. And they get on down the road and the devil hits them a shot and delivers them a blow and this goes wrong that goes wrong this happens that happens things are difficult they're hard God's asked you maybe to do something you know and and you step out in it and all of a sudden man you know it's not easy and when things aren't easy it causes people to withdraw pull back and even quit And I've watched this many times over the years that people, a lot of times I've I've seen people, they'll step out, they'll start going down the road and God has them set up for a great breakthrough but the way is hard. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? I mean, I'm not trying to paint that serving God is a miserable thing. It's the greatest thing you could ever do is serve the Lord. I'm just saying that when you're serving Him, it's not always easy. And, And when people get in those difficult difficulties of serving the Lord and persecution and all this other stuff that happens it's real easy when the way is difficult it's real easy to pull back and just quit and stop Uh, the uh the Lord directed me, I felt, many years ago to go on local radio here. And, and we were on. We were on WCBW for many, many months. And uh, I tell you what, it was, just long story short, it was difficult. It was <clears throat> no, no money coming in at all. And I'm not looking for money. How many of you, do I talk to you about money, trying to get your money? No. We take up an offering, and it's, we're supposed to do that. When we started the church, I wasn't even going to take up an offering because I thought, you know, I've watched so many money bilkers over the years, we're not even going to take up an offering. But you know, that's not God's way. And the Lord directed me and corrected me on that. We need to receive an offering. But, but I was trusting that, that money would come in enough just to support the radio program, you know, just to pay the, the airtime. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and we went many months down the road and, all I got out of that was a 
<clears throat> I got one phone call, was a complimentary, and it got, I got a couple of letters that told me, you know, what a creep I was and <laughs> didn't agree with my doctrine and all of that. And uh, so it was hard. And so we just, I just quit. Just stopped it. And I wasn't going to go on and beg for money. I'm not going to do that. We'll shut her down first, which I did. But what I didn't know at the time I was much younger and what I didn't know is that in any kind of media thing, when you first, you see, I thought, well, if God's in this, man, I, you're going to step out there and the money's just going to come in enough to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? But it didn't. And so we quit. What I didn't know is that when you go and you talk to many of the successful people that are on radio and television, they'll almost without exception tell you that when they first started, they had the exact same thing happen to them that happened to us. Joyce Meyer will tell you. When she, when she started up, you know, she'd go to the mailbox just hoping that there'd be anything in there, any kind of finance at all, just to help. Right. Does anybody ever hear her stories? She didn't just start out, start out and in three weeks she's where she's at now. It, you know, but, but you listen to different ones, not just her, but different ones. What's the difference between them and me? Well, there's a lot of differences. Uh, but I'll say this. One thing is... Uh, I quit, they didn't. Huh? I'm talking about that radio outreach. The Lord put on my heart years years ago that we were supposed to have a local television outreach, just a local, nothing beyond just local. Just local. This years ago, just local. You know what I'm talking about, local? It's local, this years ago. And we could, we could have done it years ago. But I never did it. You know why? But what if it was after the radio, but, 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 see, there's that but again. Are, we lear- are you learning anything? But what if it doesn't work? What if it fails? Now, we'll never know, will we? See, you don't know. Are you learning anything? Are you learning? See, I'm trying to help you. And we did start the church, and we did, I mean, we did, we, we have got here, and all the bills were paid. There's no debt. I mean, it, it, this is wonderful, isn't it? I mean, but you think how much more, how many more people we could have helped, and how many more folks we could have been a blessing to. Hope you haven't lost respect for me just telling you the truth about the matter. I just, you know. And so God will set you up sometimes for breakthrough. And I apologize to the Lord and to you for not obeying Him way back there then. But uh, have you all, you all never have missed it, just me, right? right. And you don't know. I mean, we could have went on and it could have flopped. I, I don't know. But, but, but you know, the thing that bothers me now more than anything is I'll, I, I'll never know. It's like the golf. I'll never know. I'll, I'll never know. Until you get to heaven, maybe the Lord will tell us then. So when the way becomes difficult, people draw back. 
I've done it. So Hebrews 10.38, let's go there. And then I just very briefly, we'll look at the second thing and then we'll, we'll close. I just trust this is blessing you. Hebrews 10.38, here's something else that'll cause you to draw back is, is not living by faith. Not living by faith. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone, what? Draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. See, so if you're not living by faith, automatically you're going to be drawn back. Living by faith is, you're always, when you're living by faith, you're never standing still. You're always going from, the Bible talks about glory to glory, level to level. When you're living by faith, you know, uh, we should always have something out in front of us that is impossible to obtain in and of ourselves. Did you get what I just said? And I think, I think most Christians, and including myself, and this is, this, this is an area that I could use a breakthrough in. Now, don't you sit out there and, and, and be judgmental towards me because I bet there's things in your life that, that, that I could challenge you on. Do you have something that is out in front of you that you're believing God for that's impossible for you to obtain? then you're living by faith. See what I'm saying? But, but if you're sitting there and, and there's nothing in your life, I want to challenge you, seek God because he'll give you something to do, something to accomplish that is impossible for you to do in and of yourself so it's going to take faith in him to accomplish it. And by the way, something you ought to write in the flyleaf of your Bible, if impossible is the only obstacle, faith will get the job done. That's a good thing to write down. If impossible is the only obstacle, faith will get the job done. Because uh, uh, Jesus said everything's possible to him that what? Believes. Believes God, you see. Did you hear me? But you see, if you're not living by faith, you ought to have, we all ought to have something in our lives. We all ought to have, and, and this is a good challenge for 2019. Seek the Lord. Let you seek the Lord. See, now this is coming by revelation of the Spirit here now. So you seek the Lord for yourself. Now this is the Holy Ghost talking to me here now, right on the inside. This is how it works. You judge it whether or not it's right for yourself. But this is something for us personally, and I'm going to tell you something for this church. Okay? For you personally, seek the Lord and find out what it is that He'll give you something that He wants you to do because He's got something for everybody to do. So don't sit there I heard it in the spirit. Somebody's thinking, well, he doesn't have anything for me to do. Yes, he does. And it doesn't matter how old you are either. And you find out what that is, and it'll be impossible for you. If it's from the Lord, it'll be impossible for you to do it in and of yourself. But it'll take faith. Okay? You all right? You got that? Now, do you have that or not? For you personally, seek the Lord, find out. He'll give you something to do that's impossible for you to do in and of yourself. But with Him, it'll be possible if you'll you'll have faith in Him, okay? And for this church, now this is only going to work if we all get in this together and believe together, okay? For this church, let's seek the Lord. Now, seek the Lord. Let's find out 
something that he would want us to do, specifically in 2019, that we've never done before, something out of the ordinary, that it'll be impossible for us to do in and of ourselves, you know, as a church, congregation, but if we'll all put our faith in him, we'll be able to do it for his glory. Can can you say amen to that? Okay. Is that good? And, and, and maybe it'll cause a breakthrough for us, cause a breakthrough for you individually, cause a breakthrough for us as a church, okay? Is that all right? You prayers, get on that. You people that pray, you people that, you lifeline prayers, get on that. Pat, get your people on that, okay? Okay, that's, I like it, she saluted me. I'll, I'll salute her right back. And then verse 39, we are not of those who draw back. Can you say amen to that? Amen. And then let's close with this. So I told you I had two things. First thing is, don't draw back, remember? And here's the second thing about people. I told you I had two observations about people in, that break through. First is they don't draw back. And the second thing is this, and we'll close with this. Here's the second thing. Now, does anybody remember Perez... What did his name mean? Okay, good. Breakthrough. Who was his dad? Judah. And what does Judah's name mean? So breakthrough comes out of praise. Well, now that was good, wasn't it? That one slipped that one in on you just when you wasn't looking, right? Breakthrough comes out of praise. Perez came out of Judah, because that was his daddy. So breakthrough comes out of praise. Here from my notes, breakthrough is birthed out of praise. Some of the greatest breakthroughs in the Bible occurred as a result of people praising God. Joshua 6.20, go there very quickly, because the people of Jericho, they uh, came up against that, uh, the, the people of God came up against that great city Jericho. And they needed to get past that city if they were ever going to go in and be able to take the land that God had given them. And this uh, Jericho was a walled city, these big, massive walls. And you ought to do a study on the walls of Jericho sometime. I mean, they were, they were no little fences. I, you talk about building a wall. They had some walls, brother. I mean, <laughs> and, but Jericho stood between the people of God and the, the promised land. And so the people of God needed a breakthrough. And the breakthrough they needed is they needed to be able to get through the walls of Jericho. And God gave, them, gave Joshua instructions of what to do. And, and, and they were to go around the city once a day for six days and on the seventh day go seven times and praise and blow the trumpets and, and take the Ark of the Covenant and so forth and all of that. For the sake of time, you could read that on your own. Joshua 6.20, so the people, look at this, Joshua 6.20, so the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Glory to God. And the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Now that's breakthrough. That is breakthrough right there. The walls crumbled. They fell down flat. They went straight down. I mean, however you want to want to say it, but I mean, the walls came down. If you need some walls to come down in your life. Now listen, these people obeyed God now. They obeyed God. They did what you could read the story. They did exactly what God told them to do. And after they did exactly what God told them to do, they just began 
to praise. And really, if you want to get a breakthrough, that's what you need to do. Just find out what God has for you to do and then obey Him. And then once you've obeyed Him, just praise. Just just worship Him and praise Him and glorify Him. And I tell you what, you'll set yourself up for a breakthrough. And that's what these people did. And the wall fell down flat. They got their breakthrough and they went on in, you know, and took the land. Can you say amen? amen? And then lastly, in the book of Acts, the 16th chapter... Acts, the 16th chapter, most of you are familiar with this. You know, Paul and Silas in prison. You're, you're, most all of you are familiar with this, but, you know, you can never read this too much. It's, it's, it's very, very uh, good to read. Acts 16.22, you know, Paul and Silas had obeyed God, and they did what God wanted them to do. And Paul had cast a demon out of a fortune teller, and it got him in trouble, and him and Silas are in prison, you know, in the midnight hour and all of that. Acts 16.22, then the multitude rose up together against... Uh, Paul and Silas against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods and they laid many stripes on them threw them in the uh, prison commanding the jailer to keep them securely having received such a charge he put them into the inner prison fastened their feet in the stocks but at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God (laughs) glory to God see they obeyed God they did all they knew to do and now they and the way got hard see didn't the way get hard See, they obeyed God, did exactly what God told them to do. The way got hard, and now they're in prison, and they're being punished for something they ought to be being blessed for. They're being punished. Midnight hour. I tell you what, Paul, he got many breakthroughs because he never, he never drew back. He never pulled back. I tell you what, when they beat him to death outside Lystra there, if there was ever a time to quit, that would have been it right there. But he was caught up, I believe that's when he was caught up to the third heaven. Saw things up in heaven that were, you know, the first heaven is the atmosphere. Second heaven is where Captain Kirk and Picard are, you know. And then on up beyond beyond that, you know, is uh, where God resides in the spirit realm, you see. And and he got caught up, saw things inexpressible, things he couldn't even talk about, you know. And uh, But he never quit, praise God. Here now in another case, he's in prison. Midnight hour, how many of us in the midnight hour? Oh God, I don't understand. Oh God, I'm offended in this. Oh God, I'm gonna quit. Oh, if I ever get out of here, I'm done, all of that. That, you know, no, no, no. What was he doing? What was him and Silas doing? They were singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. We need to realize folks are watching us, even though we don't think they are a lot of times, but they are. Verse 26 suddenly, realize, say suddenly. suddenly. Remember back with Perez? Just suddenly, he stuck his hand out there. Broke through. Suddenly. That's how breakthrough comes, dear friends. That's how breakthrough comes. If you'll obey God, do what he says do and praise him and just walk by faith and praise him. And, and, and see, that's where faith comes in. Praising him when it doesn't look like you're going to get the breakthrough, when it doesn't look like it's going to happen, when it looks like it ain't ever going to happen. That's where faith comes in. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the things not uh, observed with the physical senses. Is that right? And you just keep praising God and praising God and praising God and praising God and praising you just praise Praise God till you wear the devil out and the devil leaves, you know, and he's gone and you're just there praising God. And it still looks like it ain't ever going to happen. And all your friends are laughing at you and telling you it ain't ever going to happen. It ain't ever going to happen. When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? When's it should have happened by now? Should have happened by now. But you don't listen to any of that. You just praise God and thank him and praise him and bless him. And you've done all you know to do, having done all to stand, stand there for it. And you're praising him and worshiping him and giving him glory and giving him honor. And suddenly, suddenly, and suddenly, and suddenly, and suddenly when the time is right suddenly when the time is right 
you know, uh, uh, you don't want to eat that turkey until it's done. Is that right? You don't, you want, you want it, you want it, and so you, you, how, is that right? You don't eat that, you, sometimes, Diane, it took her five or six hours to do that 20 pound turkey. You don't want to eat it till it's done. But boy, when it's done, it sure is good eating. And there's some of us, we're wondering, why hasn't it happened yet? Why hasn't it, yeah, it ain't ever going to happen. It ain't never, well, you're an old naysayer. You repent of that, you know. Don't naysay people. Encourage people. Build people up. But when's it going to happen? One reason some things haven't happened is because the time hasn't, isn't right yet. Because, you see, we haven't proven ourselves faithful maybe in some things. God's trying to, he's seasoning us. He's seasoning us, getting us ready for something, you know. Did you hear me? How many of you have the spiritual guts to believe with me that maybe in 2019 we could get a breakthrough? Let's don't give up. Let's, let's go up. What do you say? Can you say Amen. Oh, I just don't think it could ever happen. Well, maybe God's just been seasoning us, uh, uh, seasoning, uh, seasoning us for the last 25 years. You don't know. Maybe he has. I don't know. I'm going to keep believing God. What about you? Because suddenly, you realize, say suddenly. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. It wasn't a natural earthquake. It was a, something in the spirit. It just shook that prison. How many of you know God can shake some things? So the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? And they got a what? They got a breakthrough. They not only got a breakthrough, but they got a breakout. Isn't that wonderful? And, and, and the interesting thing about this, none of those prisoners moved. They didn't run. Now, you know that's supernatural right there. Those prisoners would have taken off. They didn't go anywhere. I believe that they got saved as a result of this. And we know that the jailer got saved and his family, right? Sirs, what must I do to be saved when the jailer came in? And Paul Silas said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy household. Is that right? And did you know that the great Philippian church was started out of all this right here? You talk about a breakthrough. So, the story of Judah and Tamar. Did that story start out a mess? Yes. Did we agree with that earlier on today? Because she posed as a prostitute and he went ahead and had sex with her. Neither one of them should have been doing that. Is that right? Did it start out a mess? But they had Perez. Is that right? And you trace it, you can go to Matthew sometime and look at it and trace it all the way down and guess after the flesh and the natural, the human side, guess who came out of Judah, Perez, trace them all the way down. Eventually, guess who? Jesus, Jesus the Messiah, came. So can God take a mess, cause a breakthrough, and bring something real good out of it. I say Jesus is real good. Amen. Now we know he was born of a virgin, but he, he was 100% human too, is that right? And 100% God. But this human part came through Judah. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Judah, Perez, and all the way down. And next thing you know, there's Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? So God took a mess, gave me a message for today, <laughs> and something good came out. It really... Out of this story today, what was I talking about? Everybody's favorite subject. 
which is ourselves. I was talking about you. This breakthrough, come on guys, come on. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't being offensive, I'm trying to just be funny. This whole story was about you. This breakthrough was all about getting Jesus here so that you and I could believe on him and be saved. Miss hell and make heaven.